0: whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer. If you have a heart for students, this is the place for you.
1: Welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and I'm thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking with Doug Clark, who is connected with a National Network of Youth Ministries. And we're going to be talking about See You at the Pole. And I'm pretty excited about that. It's something that's been around for a while. And we'll, we'll talk more with him in just a moment. But I want to be sure and let you know uh, about our sponsor, Central Baptist College of Conway. Central Baptist College has been impacting lives since 1952. They are Christ-focused. They want to be challenging, inspiring, engaging. And it's a great place for you to look at as you try to help your students find that next place in their educational journey. And so have your student reach out at cbc.edu or check out the college for yourself. They have a PACE program that can help you finish up that college degree that maybe you've been working on and working your way through. Uh, Chris, you know, we're back here for another episode. It's been a little bit since we've had a chance to connect. What's the start of school looked like for you?
2: Oh, man, we started school uh, yesterday. If you're listening to this um, at, I don't know, whatever time you're listening to this, today is August the 17th, 2021. And so we started school yesterday, August 16th, 2021. And, man, we're off and running. Uh, It's been great. Today is is obviously day two. And, uh, you know, it is, it always takes day two, day three uh, for kids to realize, yep, we're back, and uh, <laughs> yep, there's assignments, and oh yeah, I start getting graded again. And so it's always fun to see uh, see the kids again. Um, our, our our church, uh, one of our biggest ministries, is our school, and uh, and so we are we are used to having uh, activity in our hallways and in our gym you know, five, six days a week. And so when the summer occurs, it really, it really just feels void and uh, because it is. So all that said, man, we're thankful that the the Lord has blessed us with another start of a school year, uh, a lot of new faces on campus this year. And, and uh, man, I'm, I'm probably uh, the most excited I have been uh, since being a teacher uh, to start back this year. So all in all looking forward to a great year, man, that's great. You know, I, I've been
1: following you on social media, like I normally do. You know, stalking your friends—that's what Facebook You're not getting is for me. I don't post very much. No, no, but your wife does. And yeah, the she's reason good. that it's been interesting is you have new animals in your house. are, Man, you, ex- are you
2: trying to make me upset? <laughs> no, no. Are you no, poking the no. bear right now? I am poking the bear. <laughs> yep, we have some new animals. They're yeah. little kittens. I gave in, I gave in for all those men out there who know that I don't like that, that much about cats. I'm allergic to them, but yeah, I gave in, you know, we have a new shop at our house and we have a mouse, a mouse problem. And so Sydney took that opportunity. Uh, she was shrewd that way and said, you know, we need cats. And, um, I, I gave in. So yes, we have cats. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan myself, so
1: (laughs) I feel for you. (laughs) Well, listen, on today's podcast, we're talking again with Doug Clark, National Field Director for the National Network of Youth Ministries. Doug and his organization helped lead the See at the Pole event that has been a part of the youth ministry landscape since the early 1990s. Thanks for being on the podcast with us, Doug.
3: Hey, Dan and Chris, I'm so grateful to be with you guys today. Thank you.
1: Well, before we get to the sea at the pole, um, tell us a little bit about the ministry of the National Network of Youth Ministries and, and the work you do with them.
3: Well, thanks. Uh, the network, which dates about from the beginning of 1980s, uh, came together bec- out of a concern that we might have the opportunity with this generation of youth leaders to share Christ with every student in America, every middle school, every high school student they get the chance to hear the Gospel. So the word every is very prominent. The other word that's very prominent for us is better together or or unity. Uh, when Jesus prayed in John 17 that we might be one that the world would believe, uh, we believe there's a definite connection between fulfilling the Great Commission and doing it in unity with the Church. And boy, is that a word that's relevant for uh, this divisive, shattered, yeah. broken time that we live in, definitely, definitely. And so we form, we work with, and try to serve local networks and communities across the country. Our our goal is that every community would have a healthy local network that prays together, builds relationships, and then does cooperative ministry with a very hospitable attitude and adding new leaders so that youth leaders can be healthy in their ministries in every community. And right now we're serving about 600 and some networks across the country with a goal at that saturation in the U.S. anyway, would be about 3,900 networks. We don't care necessarily if they all call themselves NNYM networks, but because there's a lot of different organizations that are bringing youth pastors together. Uh, but uh, we want to serve them and help them to be healthy. And so we work with the leaders. Right now we've got about 30-some, 35 staff across the country. And we've got the U.S. broken into what we see as 10 different regions. um, And then we try to serve them. So there's somebody waking up every day just to help youth leaders be healthy in their areas.
1: When these groups come together, uh, what does a typical meeting look like?
3: I think most networks uh, meet about once a month. But then there, there are ones that, that meet more frequently, and we find that the more often they get together, the more uh, health and cooperation and unity there tends to be in a community, especially when they make prayer for each other a priority. All around, a healthy leader leads a healthy ministry. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, and I love that, that concept, mainly because it's, it's a part of who we are as Student Ministry Matters. We wanna see student ministry workers connect Um, In bigger ways, and and often organizations like yours and in bigger organizations have a tendency to focus solely on those that are full time, Um, Mm -hmm. whereas we are really looking at that part time guy trying to help facilitate that, and and I love that you know you can get them involved in a group like that even if it's a secondary way, and and so I'm thrilled that we share that same vision and Mm -hmm. that heartbeat. Um, I've had the chance to attend a couple of network meetings up here in Northwest Arkansas. My favorite thing was that they were often surrounded lunch, and so we'd sit (laughs) together and eat and then (laughs) pray and and share a little bit. So it was some good stuff. So, Well, many of us in student ministry are familiar with See You at the Poll, and I'd say that many of uh, those doing student ministry right now may have even participated in their own schools as a student mm-hmm. uh, since it's been around as long as it, it has. So tell us a little bit about the history of the event or what we might even call this movement.
3: Well, there, there was a group. This, this is so, I think, important for the student ministers, volunteer or part-time, that are, that are listening to this right now. I hope they'll key in to maybe one idea beyond everything else, and that is that there you never know when God is going to do something supernatural through something that, where you trust students to lead and you give them an opportunity to exercise their ministry as ambassadors and missionaries to their schools, which starts, I believe, the very first best thing they can do is to pray for their friends and asking God, what do you want us to do? You know, How do we do that? Well, flashback to 1990, a group of freshman students in Burleson, Texas, who had been invested in in some mentoring by the seniors of their youth group earlier and got on fire for praying for and reaching out to their schools, freshmen, First Baptist Church in Burleson, Texas. Rick Eubanks was their youth pastor. These freshmen were were gathering as part of a, a Disciple Now weekend and a lot of what happened in this disciple now weekend occurred in homes with their leaders. Now, the leaders of these freshmen, uh, of these freshmen in this church, were volunteers. And Chuck and Loretta Sharp—he was a prison guard, and she was a hairstylist. So again, they're not full-time youth workers; they're getting no money for what they're doing. But during the weekend, especially on Saturday, they felt like that God was calling them to total surrender. Of their lives and it was not a big step for these freshmen because they were pretty sold out and they felt like God was directing them to go and pray at their schools and prayer had already been a big part of what they had been doing and these students went to on Saturday night uh, to several schools around their community in Burleson and held hands (laughs) in front of the school and prayed together very visible that way but uh, they felt like God just really showed up in a powerful way they shared that later with rick their youth pastor and then rick was a part of a planning session for a statewide gathering of students a student evangelism conference in 1990 that was going to be at reunion arena in dallas so as they're planning and dreaming about what could we do to help students go from june 1990 to start the school year after the summer lag you know what could they do and they they thought we could start the school year by having students pray. And Rick brought this idea. These students had prayed in front of their school. One guy said, well, where could we meet? How, how would we encourage students in, in this communications? How would we communicate that in such a way that we could get the word out so that students would know where to meet? Just meet at your school at 7 a.m. Be- before school on this certain day in September of 1990. And somebody said, well, every school has a flagpole. Okay, and one guy pipes up, let's call it See You at the Pole, and they thought they were joking. They thought we might have 3,000 students show up and pray across the state. Well, it caught on, and they kept coming back. They kind of joked with the title a little bit, but they kept feeling like, yeah, that's maybe what it should be called. We'll see you at the poll so we can pray together. And so they did, and they set a day in September. And uh, Chuck Flowers, who was the uh, evangelism director for students, In Texas at the time, set up a little tape machine. And he said, when you do it, I want you to call and leave a report. How many prayed and what happened? And instead of a few thousand that they anticipate, they had over 50,000 students. And by word of mouth, it had spread to Mississippi, Arkansas, and uh, to Oklahoma, to other students. There was something that God did that they couldn't explain. And it started in one youth group with some freshmen with a prison guard and a hairdresser who were the leaders of their youth group. Now, I, that doesn't catch, catch you in terms of, <laughs> of the, uh, the potential of what might happen. We'll see if yeah. the poll spread uh, uh, very quickly over the next few years to involve over a million students. We actually had Barna Research do a survey for us to, so we could get an accurate count. And they did some polling, and we found that over a mil- million students were involved in See at the poll within a few years, and it has spread. And it's and to this day, it's involved over sixty six countries. And I don't know that we have a million right now, uh, especially after COVID, but there continues to be this spark of revival and hope and expectation and prayer of students all across America as they gather to pray, and we've partnered together with another ministry, to take it from the moment of See You at the Pole to a movement by partnering with Claim Your Campus. And they, through the Campus Prayer app, they supply a very simple way that students can pray every day at their school in groups that pray on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And uh, so I've, I've gone on maybe a little long with, with that monologue, but but that that to me is, a, is a kind of a thumbnail history there. No,
1: not long at all. That's a Fantastic story. I mean, and it's not just a story. That's what happened. It's a. I, I love what you shared. I mean, basically, you had two volunteer youth ministry workers, yeah, hanging out with students, and these students got on fire and, and did something. Just what we always look at and go, well, that's incredible. But mm-hmm. God is big,
3: and God can do those things, oh, man. Well, we dream, you know, we dream that that'll happen again. That he's not it, oh, yes. That the Holy yes. Spirit would move that way in this generation. Because that's mm-hmm. what thirty some years ago.
1: Yeah, because these were well, we were talking a little bit before the <laughs> we started recording about how we have three generations represented at this podcast. Um, you know, that was that would be Gen X um, students that were there during that time, mm-hmm. um, and there we're now couple down, <laughs> millennials, Gen Gen Z, and then we that's have right. Generation Alpha. So. Uh, yeah, well, let me ask this. Uh, you know we we know that schools and communities and the culture has changed a great deal. How have has the the system, the program navigated the resistance from schools and the legalities and things like that?
3: Well, we got some help early on, um, and I've been working with you at the poll since nineteen ninety one uh, as kind of the promotion coordinator, and the network has done that. We don't lead the event; it's student initiated and student led. We try to provide some support, and uh, Student Discipleship Ministries out of Burleson, Texas, does all the resourcing, you know, resource materials, and so forth. So it's a very much of a cooperative effort. But one of the ones that came alongside was the American Center for Law and Justice, who would send out a legal, what they called a legal letter. that went to all. Uh, principals and superintendents across the country, at their expense, praise God because <laughs> we didn't we didn't have the budget for that. And uh, basically said, this is this is a legal thing, and students have freedom of speech, and and uh, and it's it's in, it's right there in the Constitution. It was really cool that during the Clinton administration, that he gave uh, a directive to the su- superintendent of all of uh, public. The title is slipping my mind right now, but Robert Reich, Secretary of, of Education, that's it. Yeah. And uh, he asked him to do, pull together a broad cross-section of all the way from conservative to liberal groups, legal groups, and uh, to to form a, a, a policy on what was legal for students to do on campus. And the the group came to the conclusion, specifically, it's and this is still on the... Department of Education website, it said that see at the poll is an appropriate expression of free speech. And so among other things that they came, they found, one of the things was to say see at the poll was, was uh, legal. We had some challenges to that. There were girls arrested for praying in Metropolis, Illinois in 1991. I've got the video. A grandmother uh, watching her granddaughter get arrested wow. and weeping even as she kept filming. Uh, but there's been some opposition in places like Richardson, Check, Texas, for example. For several years, there was a lot of harassment from other students, even physical, against them for praying. Those are few and far between, and there have been some principals that have not understood the rights of students and haven't supported them at, at a few times. For the most part, though, it has been something that uh, mm-hmm. administrations have recognized students have the right to do this. They do it before school. It's outside of instructional time and they finish and they go on to, to their classes. So
1: Chris, how have you been involved with C at the Pole over the course of your ministry or even as a student? What, what does that look like?
2: Yeah. You know, I, um, as a student, when I was in high school, uh, I, I had, we had CU at the Pole events. Uh, and, uh, so I always looked forward to to that uh and then of course now as as a youth pastor and and even as a as a teacher you know our school every year we host a see you at the poll event and uh, i know we have two high schools that are in our community as well and and um one of them is a little bit more active than the other when it comes to this uh but i've been to both of their see you at the polls uh to be able to just um you know, like you said, it's student led. And so you don't want to necessarily infringe uh, upon what the students are, are planning and doing. But at the same time, you want to be an encouragement to them. That's right. And so I've tried to uh, to be present when I can to those things. And, you know, it's I can't be in three places at once. And so it's it's hard. And right. that's I <laughs> yeah. want to be uh, at all of their schools. But uh, I normally my, my personal routine has been to try kind of rotate each year and see where I can be. That is most helpful. Um, and most encouraging. And um, so that's been my involvement. And then, you know, I, I don't want to take too or go too far away from see you at the poll. But then I've noticed over the last couple of years, uh, more and more uh, see you after the poll events yeah. happening. Uh, and so I was going to ask that question to, to Doug. Is that something that just is it seems like it's just uh, kind of an organic next step uh, from see you at the poll? Uh, what, what has been your take on I'll see you after the poll.
3: Great question. And I have been so encouraged by the kind of ministry that's happened often on Wednesday nights when a network of churches will come together, especially. So this is where that ties in with our network relationship. But they come together and have students from many different schools just share. Here's what God did at my school today. And some of those stories are powerful. But then offering an opportunity if those students bring their friends, because it creates a little curiosity, doesn't it? Students yeah. gathering, it's like, what are you guys doing out there? Were you worshiping the flagpole this morning? Uh, <laughs> were you doing pole dancing? You know, they have all kinds of questions. They go, no, we were just praying for you, and yeah. Uh, yeah. and say, in fact, we're going to talk about it tonight, and you can hear more. Would you come with me to the, see you after the poll or saw you at the poll rally? Mm-hmm. We're going to have yeah. it at my church. You want to come with me? We'll have pizza and a chance to, you know, there's a band and and there's going to be a speaker. Oh, well, okay, I guess I could do that. And all across America, students come in to know Christ because their friend took the initiative to invite them to come. And then, of course, the other part of that is, well, after the poll, how do we keep praying? What does God want us to keep doing? Because we're called to be ambassadors and missionaries to this school. What do we do next? And it might take the form of a Bible club. It might take the form of a service orientation toward the toward the campus. It, you know, it could be a time of continued prayer that happens weekly or even daily, as we hope. Would happen, but yeah, the, the the saw you at the poll rallies have been powerful um, yeah. every year.
1: Well, I love the the follow up that can happen uh, with those type of events, mm-hmm. um, Chris. What does that look like?
2: Say for a Christian school where you teach? Uh, so one thing that we have to um, do, and I, I don't want to derail our conversation here, but one of the things that I'm passionate about within our school is creating a sense of mission even within our school Mm -hmm. Um, because it's very easy for parents and for students and and teachers uh, in a Christian school environment to think, well, we're already doing the mission uh, that everybody here is a Christian, that everybody here is a Christ follower. um, And it's very easy to assume that, but that's just not the case. Um, We we're a small school, but, but, you know, there are, uh, there are people here who are not believers and, uh, and that that makes some people a little uncomfortable. And so part of the part of the task, if you will, is to is to kind of in our see you at the pole event is to be able to pray specifically for those kids who are who are not believers. Uh, because, again, it's easy for Sweet. our our kids who gather around the pole to just kind of have this assumption that, oh, well, what are we really praying for um, and and what are, what are we doing? And So you have to kind of. Jolt them, if you will, into this this mindset that hey, listen, not everybody here is a Christ follower, but also we we have to expand that to not just be centered on our school, but to think about our community and to think about where God has placed us um, in this in this time, uh, and, and to think broader than just our our school because we want to also fight against becoming a bubble um, and becoming a a shelter, if you will, from. All the bad stuff of the world. Uh, instead, we want to intentionally be, uh, as, as Scripture says, I believe, uh, coming alongside parents and and sharpening arrows that will be flung into uh, the culture, uh, even right now, but especially as they leave this place upon graduation. So events like see you at the pole offer us a, the the uh, the time to be able to um, to really hone in on that particular message and and tasks yeah. that we have and to help broaden the uh, the view of our students uh, to see that, hey, you know what, um, we're going to pray for each other. Uh, we're going to pray for our school, but then we're also going to understand that God has placed us within a community and we're going to pray for our community as well. Um, and then of course that gets broader into our country. And, but that that's kind of how we have approached uh, what we, what we do. And, and the other side of that that makes it a little difficult is we want it to be student led. Um, and so we, we try to uh, and we we're just blessed to be able to do this as a school, to be able to appoint certain mm-hmm. leaders uh, for that day. And so we we have a a, a a, you know, a council of students, you know, and and they are kind of the elected leaders of our school. Uh, and, and so we put them uh, on task to to do certain things, to lead devotions, to share testimonies, and to even gather other students who would do that. And so um, all of that said, that that's just kind of how we as a school do see you at the poll. That's great, though. I, I've often wondered, well, why is a, a Christian
1: school or a Christian college, I know Central Baptist College has mm-hmm. on occasion even had students gather on the morning and praying. Why do they need to? Well, that school has people who don't know Jesus. They need to be praying for their community. All those things you you shared, I love it. I really do. Well, Doug, why do you think this type of event has really had the staying power to still be a part of the church youth culture?
3: Well, not everybody thinks so. I just I just say I mean there are youth pastors that are kind of skeptical about see at the pole and see it as old school. My question back to them will be, okay, don't do See at the Pole or call it See it at the Pole, but how are you mobilizing students to pray? Just to take off on what Chris was just saying, Ephesians tells us that our task is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Yeah. If we believe, and I believe this with all my heart, that the first best thing a student can do if they're called to serve their peers is to pray for them, then how are you, are you as a youth leader? Don't If you don't like See at the Pole, I'm fine with that. How are you equipping them to pray? How are you helping them to have a passion and grow in the development of their own gifts on the campus as a laboratory and a place to learn and grow so that they then go on to college, maybe the secular university. And I mean, there was, I have a picture of students praying in, in, in Harvard yard at Harvard university and another secular university. So it's not just in Christian schools. But when they move into that environment, how are they continuing to grow in their expansion of their gifts and, and developing so that then they become part of what God wants to do in the world? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you're just right on there, Chris, with entrusting students with that, uh, with that leadership responsibility. That's so, so, so critical, I think, to this. I think it's had a staying power, though. I remember way back in the early 1990s, we had the privilege of being on Focus on the Families web broadcast, and James Dobson's comment was, "This is an idea that was God breathed," and they recognized that in Texas so much so that they said, "This has this is bigger than the Southern Baptists in Texas. This is something that God's doing." When it, when it grows the way it grew and as dramatically as it was, so something we had to let go of, and they did. And uh, they've given it out to uh, scores of ministries across the country. Denominations have joined FCA, Youth for Christ. Um, crew uh, has been part of it and uh, other groups like that, as well as denominational leaders. So that it's, it's really, it's everybody owns it, but students are the ones that really have to grab hold of it on the individual
2: level. I think
3: God's honored that.
2: Chris, what other questions might you have for, for Doug today? Oh man, put me on the spot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're thirty minutes in. I could probably ask a, a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> you know, um, what? Uh, here's 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 probably the best question I could ask right now because piggybacking off of what we've already talked about, one of the difficulties, for lack of a better word, that uh, we have as a Christian school is is handing off that leadership to students mm-hmm. um and and not just thinking as adults as educators as youth pastors hey you know what we'll handle this we'll organize this and you know you guys just come and, and be a part you know we don't want that because that's not what see at the poll is it, it, and so um what advice would you give to um to youth workers who are in smaller communities and, and maybe are on, on campuses where the, the school is just a little bit more open to youth pastors and even churches, you know, coming and, and leading in those kind of ways. Right. Uh, but at the same time, when that's not really the design of that, you want students to lead this. What advice would you give to those youth workers in handing off that leadership and, and maybe just practical advice on how to let students lead? Um, does that make sense?
3: Yeah. Is it okay if I meddle a little bit? Absolutely, because <laughs> <laughs> I think the first the question as a youth leader I have to ask is how uh, central am I to what God wants to do on that campus, and do I really believe that God will equip and empower students that the Holy Spirit could help them? I I heard a quote the other day. It was actually from Dr. Kara Powell at Fuller when she said, and it, she was quoting Kendrick Creasy Dean. And she said, young people in the church should be seen as load-bearing walls. I mean, let that sink in for a minute. And then Kara added, when we give young people a bigger piece of the pie, it doesn't mean that someone else gets less. It means that the whole pie grows. So there's a, there's a conviction in there that the Holy Spirit can work through students, even in the messiness and the inexperience and the immaturity, that he could do something powerful. Look back at those freshmen in 1990, yeah, yeah. the youngest. Look back at their leaders. So as a youth pastor, do I really believe that God can empower this generation to do something supernatural? And if I do, then I'm going to want to equip them. And I'm going to want to you know, have that John the Baptist attitude of he must increase, I must decrease. And in a sense, borrowing that, that's part of my theology here is maybe a little messy, but they must increase and I must decrease. Do I really believe that students can do that? Now, that's been my experience in student ministry. I've seen students lead and do things that I never could have believed simply because I gave them the opportunity to even fail and learn from it. That's good. And I think that's the best wisdom I hear from youth pastors that have seen their student ministries grow. So if I believe that, then what I'm going to do is empower and equip and train and support and cheerlead so that they then have the opportunity to flourish. And they're the ones on campus every day. They're the ones sitting in their algebra class. They're the ones sitting in, uh, or on their football team or whatever. And and if, if, we, if we entrust them, if we have that, pow- that empowering attitude to students, then they're going to have the opportunity to run with it. They need to hear somebody saying, I believe with you, believe in you. And I, maybe I could just close with this one illustration because it's one that stuck with me time and time again. It's football season right now, right? Uh, everybody's excited about that, and uh, actually, to be at football games will be something really fresh this year. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> but a high school football game. Now, picture this: the stadium and the beginning, and back in the end zone, there's this giant banner that says "Go Bobcats" or whatever it is, and it's like 800 feet long and a thousand feet high, and made out of paper. And the students mass together; the football team masses together in the uh, in the end zone. And the band is playing. The cheerleaders are on double-deckers, and they're flipping and doing it. Parents are cheering and going crazy. And there's this support. And then the students burst through that banner and come onto the field. They're ready to take hell with a squirt gun at that point because somebody believes in them. It's up to us. And they're ready to get in. And that's exactly the atmosphere we want to create in the church. We don't always do that very well. We have a little youth Sunday thing, you know, where students get up and... And then we go, now go back to your youth program. That's if, But if we have this attitude of we're here to help cheerlead you and empower you and support you, which can, is a continual support of prayer, and there's a lot of ways we can do that. And just think what it does for a young, young man or young woman when a person comes up to them in the hallway after the worship service and says, how are things going at Central High? How can I pray for you? Could I do that right now? Lord Jesus, I pray for this young person. I pray every single day when they put their faith on the line, ask you to help them to stand strong for you, help them to love their friends, help them to stay pure, help them to walk with you, help them to fall in love with you more every day. And that kid goes out of there, I'm ready to take the world. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's the atmosphere that we want to build. But it starts with, I think, a youth pastor going, Is it my ego? Mm. Or am I about empowering and equipping students, is what Ephesians says, for the work of service?
2: Yeah. That's good, man. You know, and reading between the lines, and really not even having to read that far. I mean, just to know that the 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 the, the students, the teenagers, they're they're not the church of tomorrow; they're the church right now. That's you right. know, and yeah. I, I that's what I hear you saying. I mean, Absolutely. it's not it's not keeping them in the corner until it's <laughs> quote unquote their time. I mean, now is is their time because they're a part of the church, and and one of our tasks as youth pastors is to is to make sure that they know that um, that they are part of the church right now and mm-hmm. and that they have a that, that that they can bear weight within the body of Christ that's uh, right uh, because God has equipped them um, with so his good. Holy Spirit and uh, and and they are they are growing and they are learning and, and we have to give them opportunity to be able to do that Amen. so yeah that's good man I appreciate I appreciate that mindset and, and that encouragement
3: thank you Yeah.
1: Well, Doug, I know there is a lot more we could probably talk about. Um, I'm excited about See You at the Poll, and I want to be sure and, and let our listeners know where they can find information about that and how they can get involved and help encourage their students to be involved mm-hmm. in
3: that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Doug, what, what are some ways that we can do that?
3: I'll give just two, two things that I think are helpful. One is the website is syatp.com for the initials of See You at the Poll. S-Y-A-T-P Go there and that'll lead you to the social media and, and other places. Uh, we have a, a, a pretty large group on Facebook, has about 55,000 people that, that like the page, that follow it. Um, and that's a lot of adults, by the way, that I think are real encouraged by what happens when students pray. And then and then in cooperation with Claim Your Campus, we've created a, an app that goes from preparing for See at the Pole to praying every day. And it's just called the Campus Prayer app. You can find that in any app store. Campus Prayer, and uh, if you if you have those two tools, you're going to have all you need. And and don't bring your checkbook. There is no money involved. You can buy some resources, but there's no necessity to spend any money on see you at the poll.
1: Well, Doug, thank you so much for being on the podcast
3: with us. Thanks.
2: I think I don't know if we've said this, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. See you at the poll this year September 22nd. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. And so, so we are just a little over a month away. And so, I think this is a as this this podcast drops, uh, and go go uh, start getting ready for see at the pole. Get your kids ready.
3: Yeah, and if I could just add that, not only is uh, is see at the pole the day it's always the fourth Wednesday of September and generally before school, but we've tried to create a flexibility so that that uh, global week of student prayer. Because it happens, again, in 60-some countries, um, that they could do it any time and still feel like they're part of the movement, mm-hmm. which I think is important. That's good. And so, That's good. To, to, and especially with COVID and the restrictions, man, last year was a mess, but this year a little less of a mess, but still it's a big mess, <laughs> uh, to, uh, to do it whenever works for you. And that might be at night. And and so don't feel like, y'all. Oh, we didn't do See at the Pole. We had this prayer time on Wednesday night. Yes, you did. It was the same thing. So just be part of that global week of student prayer, which starts Sunday and Saturday and has See at the Pole the 22nd in the middle.
1: Well, thank you again, Doug, and and thank you listeners for joining us as we've had this conversation about See You at the Pole and about how we can encourage our students to take hell with a water pistol. I love <laughs> that. <laughs> and so why do we do these things? Why do we have these conversations and encourage our students and love on them? Well, we do it because Student Ministry Matters.
0: Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com. Or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.